this is not a diet. It's a quiet. There's a reason that prayer and fasting go together. There's a reason that refraining from food, fasting is part of all spiritual, religious meditation practices because it quiets the noise. So living in this life, in this time where we are, where there's so much pressure, so much stress, it's so fast. There's so much food all around. Everything is pressure, pressure, pressure. This pausing from eating feels so good and gives us that quiet, that space, that freedom that we're so desperately wanting. Working women, how many things are you expected to do on a daily basis? Between walking those 10,000 steps, hydrating, making plant-based meals for our family, Pinterest-worthy lunches for our kids, spectacular date nights for our husband, and let's not forget, climbing that corporate ladder, we're asked to do these things each and every day. So much so that often it feels like we are trying to balance on the high wire of life. So welcome to the High Wire Woman podcast, hosted by me, Rosanna Brary. I'm an immigration lawyer, a mother to a teenage son, a wife, and an entrepreneur who truly believes that working women can have it all. Join me as I interview other high-achieving women, and together, let's learn about the skills and the fortitude that we need to create the happy, prosperous, and balanced life we so richly deserve. Hi, everyone. Rosanna Berardi from the High Wire Women podcast. For my listeners out there, I think you probably heard my episode about my 10-year epic failure with losing weight. And don't click off. This is not going to be the High Wire Woman Weight Loss podcast. That's not my intention. But I think it's an issue that's real and near and dear to so many women's hearts. I mean, you talk to a woman and within 10 minutes, they're like talking about, I'm so fat, I'm not eating good, blah, blah, blah. I'm going gluten-free. I'm trying this, trying that. So today... I have a really cool guest on today. I have Lori Lewis. Lori Lewis is 58 years old. We think that's relevant. And she's changed thousands of lives through her coaching program of intermittent fasting. Now, maybe four or five years ago, after I went to my annual physical, my doctor said to me, you know, I've been reading a lot about fasting. And he told me about how natural it was and how the word breakfast really is break fast and how, you know, we didn't eat all this food we eat people didn't eat the amount of food that we consume today. And he sent me a book on intermittent fasting. I'm like, this is insane, insane. There's no way I'm doing this. He was a little bit ahead of the curve. And then I started hearing more and more and more about it. So Lori Lewis has studied and utilized fasting principles of some of the greatest doctors out there. She takes on individual clients, group programs, all the way around the world. And she combines 20 years of personal study of nutrition with her research and practice of intermittent fasting. She helps clients and participants achieve the elusive dream come true of actually not only losing weight, but feeling better. I know when I'm heavier than I should be, I feel like crap. It's not fun. And Lori tells me that I can eat the foods that I love and live my life feeling strong and vibrant and lean. And how is this for a fun fact and not fun at all? Lori gained over 50 pounds in a year and a half in 2012. We can thank our friend menopause and hormones and all those terrible things. But Lori, welcome to the High Wire Woman podcast. I'm super excited to talk to you and listeners. Lori's going to coach me. We're going to have her tell you a little bit about her background, who she is, and what she does. And then we're going to do like a, a coaching session. Lori's going to ask me all these deep questions and I'm going to 
see how this all goes. So Lori, welcome. Tell us about you. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. You are so generous to be willing to engage in a conversation that I hope will open up new horizons and possibility and hope and that you can envision yourself. Now, the thing about podcasts is people will listen to this anytime, but here we are embarking on the holidays 2021. And I want you to arrive in January feeling confident and proud and happy and invigorated and like, wow, that was the best holiday season ever. I don't feel deprived, but I feel rested and good. And I don't have to go on a diet in January ever again. And I don't have to go on a diet ever again, period. So as you said, I've had an interest, a passion about nutrition and fueling my body for so many years. I say over 20 years, but now it's really been 30. I quit diet Coke addiction and sugar addiction in my late 20s. And I just thought, got deeply interested in what foods make me feel good and what foods don't. And none of those things match a list anywhere. They don't match a book anywhere. They don't match a list anywhere. They don't match a program anywhere. It's just a study of one. It's just me and my body figuring it out because I actually want to really feel good. I want to sleep well. I want my digestion to be humming along. You know, I want to be vibrant of good energy as we all do. And so when I was in my early 40s, I felt amazing. I was running marathons. I felt lean. I felt good in my clothes. I felt strong. And I thought, wow, 40s, this is awesome. Never felt better. And then perimenopause hit and it hit hard. And so if you go down a list of what could possibly happen to a woman in perimenopause, I checked off all the boxes. And so I get kind of peeved when some doctors and health people imply that a hard perimenopause has something to do with how you're taking care of yourself poorly because everyone said to me wait a minute why are you struggling so hard you take better care of yourself than anyone we know I'm like I know (laughs) and I would just like to complain publicly about the inadequate resources out there regarding perimenopause there are few practitioners the books suck I've bought all of them. I've read them. It's a cottage industry for anybody who wants to make a million dollars. Perimenopause is grossly ignored and impacts so many women. So Lori, tell us about your perimenopause journey. Well, I want to tell you about a book and I'm looking for it right now. I know nobody can see us, but I'm going to show it to you. It's by a woman in the UK called Perimenopause Power. And her name is Macy, M-A-I-S-I-E, Hill. And navigating your hormones on the journey to menopause. And she has a section on intermittent fasting in here. And this ah, is a love fat it. book. Look at that. <laughs> so even if you're past, even if you're in menopause, post-menopausal, this book is, this is really good. Okay, so perimenopause power. So there I was suffering in all the ways. And I thought, my gosh, I can't wait for this to be over. And I can't wait for my period to stop for one whole year because that means I'm in menopause. And that happened. I was early. It was I was 49. Woohoo! And that's when I suddenly gained 50 pounds. And wow. again, people were like, "What happened?" <laughs> so it wasn't just the 50 pounds, which is brutal in and of itself, because it just doesn't feel good to be 
out of control like that. And it's so mysterious, but it was brain fog and memory loss. And my equilibrium was really off. I was just off balance. And I was in physical pain head to toe, like everything ached, Mm -hmm. all hurt all the time. And so after four and a half years of suffering and trying everything, I went home to Colorado where I grew up in the mountains. And my mom said, let's use this time that you're home to turn the weight around. Wow. (laughs) Now I had, have had the most, she passed last year, the most loving, generous, helpful, supportive mom. So that was said in a spirit of love, but it didn't sound like that to my daughter ears, my daughter ears that had tried everything. So here, I love that you were, I don't love that you're in the same situation that I was in. I don't love that, but I love that we're here talking. Yeah. And so so, tell me, tell me about intermittent fasting and tell me what we're going to do. Okay. So what we're going to do is I'm going to get a sense of in my first sessions with a client, it's 75 minutes. And I ask a lot of questions. Mm. (laughs) So we're going to shorten that. Okay. And I'm going to discover a little bit about you. And then we're going to create a plan that I'm going to propose a schedule. And you don't have to agree to anything I say. We get to figure it out together because this is totally customized. So I want to start with the idea that this is not a thing like a program. Like people are like, oh, I'm trying out intermittent fasting. Okay. It's not a thing like that. It's a schedule of eating that matches the design of human being because throughout all human history, we have never had immediate 24-7 access to food at an arm's length away. Every time our stomach growls, every time we have a thought that something sounds delicious or someone offers us something, suddenly it's in our mouth. Okay. So even in recent history, the time in the last hundred years when human beings lived the longest, Americans lived the longest in was during the Great Depression when there was no food. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So what I would love to get a sense of is if you'll share with me and everyone, what is your age? I am 49 on the doorstep of 50 in less than two months. Happy almost birthday. And where do you suspect you are in perimenopause or menopause? I think I'm in the throes of perimenopause. Okay. And... When you shared that you've had a 10-year challenge with weight, are you at your highest point now or are you somewhere in the middle? Okay. Highest point. And what are some of the diets that you've done? And when was the last time you felt like you were on some sort of plan or program or restriction or deprivation plan? (laughs) I've done Weight Watchers a few times. I've Mm -hmm. done Beachbody, Atkins, not very long because I'm Italian and bread and pasta are life. I've dabbled in intermittent fasting. I've worked with a variety of coaches, some physical trainers. I still work out about two to three times a week. So that's my big thing. But I've worked with other coaches, if you will, to try and work on the why of gaining weight, not the how. It's very easy to know how you've gained weight. You ate too much. So yeah, I don't think I've, I haven't tried a traditional diet in probably like a year's time, but I have been working with people on and off to figure out like, why can't I do this? I could do so many other things. I've done really hard things with great success. Why can't I do this one? Yes. So what we've been taught about calories in calories out is erroneous. 
And it's really, really hard for people to get our heads around that that theory is flawed because it makes so much sense. It makes sense that whatever I'm taking in is more than my body needs. So if I want to reduce my size and reduce my body fat, I need to take in less. That makes sense, right? Right. Yes. I need to take in less and I need to move more, aka air quotes, burning more calories. It makes sense. If less comes in and we burn more, then fat and weight will come off. What actually happens is weight loss and fat loss is hormonal. It's not that measuring of buckets. Like if this bucket is less, then I'll lose less. It isn't how it works. The body actually has no calorie sensors, calorie receptors. A calorie exists in a lab. It exists as Dr. Jason Fung says, it exists in physics, not in physiology. I love so that. our body receives nutrients. And if it perceives less nutrients than it needs, it slows the metabolism. And so that's why the people in the biggest loser contest, they don't have a reunion. They've all gained it back and more. And now many of them are getting coached in Toronto by Megan Ramos and Dr. Jason Fung to permanently balance their hormones, lower the circulating insulin, take in the nutrients that the body needs and access, tap into our stored body fat every day. So every day when you're fasting, and again, we get to decide, you get to decide how long that is. And the way we decide is what are your goals? What's your lifestyle? What meals do you like to eat with your family or friends? Or what's your social life? What's your work schedule? And we figure out how long are you going to fast every day? And how long is your eating window going to be? And if you think of fasting as imperative as sleep during sleep, we wouldn't, I mean, I know a lot, everybody's sleep deprived, but we should be getting sufficient sleep because it's when our body heals and restores. Same thing with fasting, except mm. we didn't know it. So we need to give ourselves a little break here and be like, wow, we didn't know that this healing time during the fasting hours is so important for reducing inflammation and healing our gut and replenishing our brain cells. And so it's totally customized. You get to eat in an eating window and we're going to create together what that is. So what's next for me? Okay. Here's what happens when you're fasting. And again, I said, you get to say how long you fast and you'll mm -hmm. ease in gradually. We're keeping insulin low. Insulin is a hormone that regulates blood sugar, but it also is a fat storage hormone. So when we're taking in nutrients and flavored drinks and all day long from the minute we wake up to the minute we go to sleep, flavors and nutrients, we're keeping our insulin, circulating insulin high and we're storing fat. So this idea also of six little tiny meals a day to keep up, rev up our metabolism that theory is also flawed because you cannot tap into our fat body fat stores for fuel when insulin is high and insulin is high when we're eating all the time and taking in flavors. Okay. So during the, I always call the fat, my fasting hours, my healing hours. Okay. So it's exciting to think about the deep cellular repair and the ramp up of human growth hormone and the fat burning. And it's the best of both worlds. We're burning our body fat for fuel, and then we're eating delicious food that we love later. And I always say in the eating window, eat the foods you love, 
and the foods that love you back. And discovering the foods that love you back is really step two in the process of learning to intermittent fast. So step one is let's decide right now what time you're going to stop eating tonight. What time feels good to you to close your eating window? That's the starting point always. Probably about 6.30 p.m. Okay, 6.30. Great. So what time do you eat dinner? Around six, quarter to six. Perfect. So like right after dinner is what I'm proposing. Yeah. And then 630 gives you a little buffer. Okay. Yep. Outstanding. And then when would you like to have the meal before that? 545 dinner. Probably around 12, 1230. Great. Can you go from 1230 to 545 with having water only? Ooh, That's yep. about five. Okay. That seems really challenging for me. Good. Okay. So then we'll have a little snack in there. So lunch is very social for me because I manage a law firm and I usually eat lunch with my team. Oh, I love it. So we usually eat together. So that's an important part of our culture and important part of the firm. I love that. Now, Rosanna, when you wake up in the morning, what time do you either eat breakfast or have any sort of flavored coffee or tea or milk in your tea or creamy creaminess? When do you start consuming food or nutrients? Probably around 8.30-ish. Okay. Here's some great news. What? (laughs) If you close your eating window tonight at 6.30 and you drink plain water and you go to sleep and you read a good book and you sleep well and you wake up tomorrow morning and you consume whatever you consume at 8.30, you will have just fasted clean for 14 hours. Wow. That's impressive. It is. So some people are like, oh, that's not so hard. Now, what I want everybody to do is Rosanna said 630. Everybody out there decide today what time you're going to close your eating window. It could be 10 p.m. It could be 830. It could be 230. I don't care. (laughs) You get to say. And then fasting clean is really important. And I'll say very quickly, clean, clean, clean. It's a purest fast. Here's why. Not because I like people to suffer but because I want it to be easier for you. It's counterintuitive, but taking in no flavors, taking in no nutrients actually puts the body into that full state of rest. Taking in any flavors like lemon or mint tea or anything sends the signal to the brain that food is incoming. And then all the hormones in your digestive tract, everything aligns to receive food, except you think you're fasting. You're like, what's a little lemon? And the body gets grumpy and it makes fasting harder. So Mm. I want fasting to be easier for you. And I want you to get all the health benefits, all the health benefits. So fast, clean, plain water, no flavors, nothing added, no hint, a pomegranate. (laughs) Then plain black coffee, black coffee can hear the cries from here. (laughs) So you can save, I call it your candy coffee for your eating window. You can say whatever you think you'd like to have when you're fasting, save it for your eating window. And so then Rosanna, you're going to open your eating window at 830. Now, if you're like, okay, Lori, it doesn't have to be 830. It could be nine. Great. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, if your goal is weight loss and if you're a woman over 45, like you, me, yeah, we have more hormonal imbalance to contend with than most people. Would you agree? Right? Yes. So we want to figure out what this sweet spot is for you so that you can become a fat burning machine and live your life happily and 
you know, decision fatigue goes away and the noise gets quiet and we're not thinking about food all the time and your brain and thoughts are freed up to be creative and think of other things because we're not consumed by thoughts of food. And so we want your eating window to be just in this place where you're getting all the healing and fat burning from fasting, but you're getting all the convenience and pleasure and nourishment of your eating window. So we're going to find that sweet spot. So the way to start is to gradually increase every day the length of your fast until you're like, yeah, this is where I'm going to settle in. So what I'd love to see you do is close your eating window tonight at 6.30, drink Mm -hmm. plain water, sleep well, wake up tomorrow, drink plain water, have a black coffee if you like coffee. And then at 8.30, have your breakfast. And then within that 10-hour eating window that you have from 8.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., try to eat three distinct meals with no snacking in between, if possible. That's the goal. And what everyone notices is how much we eat when we're not actually hungry. Yes, I do that all the time. I find myself not hungry, but just eating because, just because. I live in a cold weather climate. There's not a lot happening in Buffalo, New York. Buffalonians are fat. I'll say it. I'll say it. We are. Um, We're in a town where chicken wings and roast beef Mm. are what people eat. And now, especially with daylight savings time, it's dark at five o'clock. The nights are long. Yes. Okay. I want to ask you a question. What's wrong with being fat? Nothing. Unless it's me. So what is it for you, right? So whatever the size of a person's body is, is irrelevant. And do you feel amazing? Like, are you flexible? Can you put your shoes on without sitting down? Is it, can you do all the things that you want to do with your body? Are you in pain? Are there thoughts of food all the time? Is the noise deafening? Like, yes. tell me what it is for you that it doesn't feel right for you. I'll tell you what it is for me. It's very clear and easy. 10 years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and lucky me, I survived, had a mastectomy no chemo, no radiation. So I survived a life-threatening illness and I am the most grateful person on the planet. I don't take a single second of my life for granted. However, because I can't lose weight and I've been struggling with weight, I feel like I'm setting myself up for a premature death, which is ridiculous because I survived a terminal illness. Now the survival of the breast cancer really had nothing to do with me. It didn't. I survived it because of the skill of a radiologist that detected it early and the skill of a surgeon that got it out of my body and the skill of a surgeon that did reconstruction. So I felt human again, but I feel like I've been given a second chance and I'm blowing it because my cholesterol is, it's not high, but it's slightly elevated. And I know that carrying around extra weight compromises your body, your organs. I feel great. Most of the time I have a great life. I enjoy myself. People say to me all the time, man, Rosanna, you know how to live. I have a great, great life, but there's so much noise and shame and like, oh my God, like, why did you eat that? And then you eat something and you're like, oh, I feel like, why did I do that? It's not because I feel physically sick. It's the mental of, oh my God, dummy, you have a cholesterol issue. Why did you just eat a hot dog? Why did you just have a milkshake? You know, why, 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 why? And that noise has become deafening. And I feel like it's because I'm going to cause 
a premature death. I want to live forever. I love my life. I'm super grateful. I have a 15 year old son who is my everything. And I want to be here. I remember when he was six years old and I got diagnosed with breast cancer, getting down on my knees and begging God, please let me live. Please, please let me live for him. He needs his mom, please. And here I am alive, but not in my best health. Thank you. First off, this is not a diet. It's a quiet. There's a reason that prayer and fasting go together. There's a reason that refraining from food, fasting is part of all spiritual, religious meditation practices because it quiets the noise. So living in this life, in this time where we are, where there's so much pressure, so much stress, it's so fast. There's so much food all around. Everything is pressure, pressure, pressure. This pausing from eating feels so good and gives us that quiet, that space, that freedom that we're so desperately wanting. And to people who haven't tried it, that makes no sense. (laughs) Okay, so Mm -hmm. the fact that you want to live is just exquisite. There's something that you said where you said that you need to get this weight off and then the healing will take place. That's another area where we've been duped. The weight is not the problem. The weight is a symptom of something underlying. The weight is not you being out of control and overeating. We can blame the food companies for that. First off, the food is designed to keep us addicted. (laughs) It's cheap. It's cheap. It lasts a long time. And it's been manufactured, perfectly designed with this, what they call a bliss point to keep us wanting more. So we can let ourselves off the hook a bit for that. But we also can choose to stop engaging in that, right? So if there's one aspect of being on a diet, which would be choosing the food that you choose, that I would encourage everyone to do, and I don't care if you're carnivore or vegan, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that you actually eat real food. And most people are like, I don't even know what you mean by that. Isn't real food what I buy in the store? No. If it comes in a box or a package. Yeah. Highly processed, (laughs) right? right? Right. It's ultra processed food. And Dr. Robert Lustig's book that's just come out called Metabolical is very important. And so if we can be fasting clean, drinking plain water, having a little black coffee, having a little black or green tea, no flavor is supposed to be bitter and allowing our body to rest and heal and ward off Alzheimer's and get the autoimmune disease out of our system and balance our hormones and clear up our skin and brighten our mood and give us even energy because we're burning fat. It's a beautiful energy. Mm -hmm. And it's not like we're going to run out of fat, you know, so I'm at my ideal weight and I'm about 22, 23% body fat. So a quarter of my whole self is fat. I'm never going to run out. Right. <laughs> That's right. never. It's an unlimited source, fuel source. So if we can be enthusiastically, deliberately pausing from eating every day and feeling so well in those fasting hours. And then looking forward to eating delicious food later that we get to say what that is. And we get to relish in the experiment of what we're eating and notice what makes us feel well and what makes us feel poorly. 
So let's jump into food because we've got your fasting hours. The only thing I want you to do then is tomorrow when you eat at 8.30, let's see, what day is tomorrow? Wednesday. So Thursday, see if you can eat at 8.45. Okay. And Friday, see if it could be nine. And and Saturday, you might sleep in and you might be like, oh, I'm not even hungry at nine. I think I'll mm-hmm. wait till 10. Okay. So I would love for you to get to a 16-hour fast and an 8 our eating window within a week to 10 days. So that would mean that your eating window will be sometime in the very near future from 1030 to 630 and then settle in. And what'll happen is this wonderful phenomenon called appetite correction. We have an apostat, an appetite center in our brain, and that regulates our hunger and satiety hormones, among other things. And it tells us what to eat and how much to eat. So the First question that people ask when we talk about opening the eating window is Mm -hmm. how much do I eat? Right. And in the beginning, you want to just eat normally. You're like, what is that? I don't know. You know what eating normally (laughs) is for you, right? And then this apostat, the appetite correction, it's an idea that was coined by Dr. Bert Herring, who's a metabolism researcher. He has a book called AC, The Power of Appetite Correction. We are like a wild animal. This apostat can work. It will tell us, eat more, stop eating now, eat this, don't eat that. It steers us towards the foods, the nutrients that it needs and wants. And it becomes disinterested in the foods that make us feel unwell. And that again is a personal customized journey. And I encourage everyone to lean in with curiosity to discover what those things are and to enjoy the experiment and the discovery. Like a scientist, you're just like, I'm working on my own self. So what foods do you, I know you said you're Italian, but if you have this important fast paced job and you've got your team and you're eating lunch, You also don't want to go into a food coma after you eat your lunch. You want to stay (laughs) alert and productive for the afternoon. So I encourage people when they open their eating window in the middle of the, or when they eat in the middle of the day, that you try to eat as much protein and fat as possible and save the refined carbohydrates for your dinner. So by refined carbohydrates, I mean grains. And then you could add to that, you know, potatoes, sweet potatoes, beets, corn, so forth, right? Sure. But at any time, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I would love for you to have as many vegetables and greens as you could enjoy. And so for your lunch, what type of fat and protein could you eat that you know right now, you're just like, that would make me feel so good. Anything but a salad. You don't care for salad or it takes too much Salad's time to eat or what? Yes, I know. But work. Ah. It <laughs> takes forever. I don't want to spend a half an hour eating a salad. I get so annoyed. That is super funny. Well, I far be it from me to ask you to do anything <laughs> annoying and too much chewing, <laughs> which is really great for our gut health, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. So here we are in the beginning. I'm not going to make you do anything that's annoying. So I want you to eat what you normally eat. I want you to pay attention to eating to satiety, which means hunger is gone. You can stop eating now and you don't have to eat for future hunger. It's like when you close your eating window at 630, I don't want you to think I'm going to be fasting for 14 hours. I have to pack in more food. (laughs) 
that's right. that's what most new fasters do. And also yeah. when you open your eating window, you just eat everything too quickly. It's like, it's okay. You'll temper that pretty quickly. So eat normally, eat foods you love and start paying attention to how different foods make you feel because fasting, having a daily clean fasting regimen will help you tune into how different foods make you feel. Whereas right now it's all just a blur. People are just foggy and have big sure. dips in energy and can't. When I say which foods, I ask people, new clients, which foods make you not feel well? And they're like, I don't know. They don't even know what not feel well means. So here's what not feel well means. Achy, puffy, sluggish, fatigued, moody, ravenous in an hour, poor sleep, restless leg, suddenly a distended belly, you know, with some foods people are like, they eat and suddenly their whole stomach puffs out. It's like, yeah, that's not, your body does not want that. (laughs) Okay. So the next step would be, be to start paying attention to the foods that make you feel well, the foods that love you back and the foods that your body is like, yeah, no, please don't. Is there anything right now that you suspect Rosanna that you're like, yeah, that doesn't One way to look at it is what foods don't agree with you? Oh, gassy, add gassy to the list. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the things that make me feel automatically sick are generally sweets and I have a wicked sweet tooth. Anyone who knows me knows like, get out of my way. I love chocolate. I love cake, but I'm finding that too much of that, or even like a piece of cake makes me feel horrible. I feel achy and like kind of sick to my stomach. So that's the culprit that I can put my finger on. And then anything greasy. I mean, greasy is not good, right? Like, okay. you know, some fried clams at the shore once a year and you suffer a little bit fine, but right. So lucky you sugar makes you are very aware that sugar makes you not feel well. Lucky you most, but I crave it all the time. I know, but that's physiological that so sugar is not actually food. There's no new nutritional value to it. It's a drug. So anyone who's craving it needs to just recognize that your craving it isn't actually you. There's you're not flawed. There's not, it's not like that's the a problem that is within your control because it's totally physiological. And so we have to step back from it and recognize it. And if a person realizes that eating the amount of sugar that you do is detrimental, then we can work together to reduce or eliminate it completely. And the fact that you can already see that it makes you not feel well. And then there's this fight of like, well, why do I crave something that makes me not feel well? Correct. Hmm, interesting to notice. Right. And fasting will make having a daily fasting regimen will make that breakup easier for you. There will Excellent. be not as much willpower. Okay. So now we've got We know when you're fasting for 14 hours, you're going to gradually increase it to 16. You're going to settle in there. Okay. Your eating window will become 1030 to 630. You'll try to eat three distinct meals. And the reason for that is because you want to start noticing satiety and you want to start noticing how much we eat mindlessly and something's in your mouth and you're like, how'd that get there? (laughs) Right. And we want insulin to come back down in between meals. So. The next thing I want you to do is thinking about your food. Are there any trigger foods for you that send you off the rails and you're like, I'm out of control now? (laughs) Yes. Chocolate, Mm -hmm. chocolate and peanut butter, Reese's peanut butter cups, chocolate, 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 chocolate. I can't just have like a piece. 
That's because right. Like, it's designed that way. So the piece you know that, that is not even like down my throat, I'm like, I want more, I want more, I want more. It's like this yeah. addiction. So here's something interesting that happens is that the thought of the food creates more of a chemical hit, a dopamine hit than the actual receiving of it. Okay. So here's what happens. You have the thought of it and you're like, Ooh, think, imagine the thought of it. (laughs) That is greater, a greater hit, a greater high than the moment you taste it. Mm. And then there's an immediate drop off. You have it again, you have it again. And then you have the thought more and the thought of more is more exciting than the actual having of it. And so if you can start to notice that, it can start to loosen its grip because that happiness factor, it's just chemistry. (laughs) You can kind of step outside of it. So all of my coaching is around this is not about trying to be good. Okay. So when we're on a diet, if you yep. if you go out to lunch with your friends and you order a salad and don't have dessert, they're like, oh, are you trying to be good? No, Ugh, I hate it's that. not about being good. This is about feeling good. Every single thing I direct you on is how does that make you feel? How does that make you, should I have my eating window longer? Should I have it shorter? I don't know. Let's explore. How does it make you feel? Should I open my eating window with eggs and avocado? I don't know. How does it make you feel? (laughs) So, and then people ask about exercise. You can absolutely 100% exercise in a fasted state because your body is tapping into your own fat for energy, Hmm. which it is so happy to be utilizing. But in this first four weeks, Rosanna, you're going to be in the adjustment phase. So what's happening is your body is using the for fuel, the food you just ate, the glucose in your blood, then the glycogen in your liver, and then your fat. Okay. So that transition, that adjustment phase, becoming fat adapted, where your body just naturally taps into your own body fat for fuel takes about four weeks. Wow. So give yourself a lot of grace during this time. I get mad at reporters who are like, I tried intermittent fasting and it was super hard and it didn't work for me. I'm, and they only tried it for 10 days or two weeks. I'm like, yeah, no, get past. The, keep going, you know, keep, going. keep going. Okay. What else would you like to know so that you can, from now until Thanksgiving, imagine you get to keep that eating window, feel better and better and better, eat the foods you love that love you back and enjoy your fasting hours know, knowing that you're healing and fasting clean. What do you need to know? So this really becomes a lifestyle. Do people ever stop fasting? Yeah, people stop and people say to me, oh, intermittent fasting, I did that, I never felt better. And I'm like, oh gosh, what happened? I went to Disneyland, I went right. to, you know, or right. I, or my mom died and I, yeah. I suffered or I lost my job or my anything something happens. See, our ancestors didn't have the luxury or the curse, depending on how you look at it, of having an abundance of food around all the time to cope with their stress. We as humans cope with stress with food and we deal with, we entertain and, and comfort ourselves with food. So when people can realize that the coping with stress is actually easier when you're in a fasted state, life gets really amazing. It's Hmm. very, very simple. You're not doing this thing called intermittent fasting. You're just eating in an eating window and you get to say if it's four hours or 10 hours 
and it can change every day. And you want to ask yourself the question when stress happens, which is, and this is for a more experienced intermittent faster down the road, because you ask the question, is this a lifestyle? Is what I'm dealing with right now and what I have to do and handle in the next few hours, am I going to feel stronger and brighter and better and clearer and more effective and okay in a fasted state or a fed state? Because I can eat right now if I choose to. And sure. usually the answer comes, oh, I'm going to feel so much stronger if I keep fasting and I eat later and I eat delicious food that loves me back later. And so to maintain eating in an eating window as a way of living for life really requires that daily question of when's my eating window today? And some people are like, don't mix it up. I want it the same every day. And other people are like, that feels like a prison. I want to change it yeah. around. So when am I eating today? And what delicious food am I eating? And then really feeling good and strong in those fasting hours and having a community and having someone to commiserate with and, and to get ideas and coaching from, and we're better together. It, sure. We don't do very well struggling alone. <laughs> No. So Lori, if people want to find out more about you and intermittent fasting, where's the best place for them to go? My website is fast forward wellness. And I coach people one-on-one -on -one and I have group programs live on zoom. This is my fourth year leading programs live on zoom. And if you give me your email address, then I send you a free guide oh, and cool. I, I send tips and videos and awesome. keep people motivated and inspired and informed. Which well, we'll certainly pleasure. have those that link in our show notes. Mm -hmm. Hi, Wire Women. I created this podcast not to sell anything. I created this podcast to provide speakers and guests that can solve women's problems. And Lori, I am sure this one hits home for a lot of us listeners out there. And I love the fact that you say it's not a diet. It's a quiet. It's quieting things in your body, giving you a chance to heal. That's such a wonderful holistic approach rather than the old, I can't eat any carbs today. And usually the person that's telling you that is just like ready to off themselves because they're so miserable and it's also difficult. So Hi Wire Woman, Lori Lewis has joined us today. We'll have all of her contact information in our show notes. And until next time, stay on that High Wire. Thank you for listening to the High Wire Woman podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or others, I hope you'll share it with a friend so together we can all stay on that high wire of life. Make sure to subscribe or follow us on your favorite listening platform so you never miss an episode and follow us on social media at High Wire Woman for more information. Until next time, I'm Rosanna Berardi. Be sure to stay on that high wire of life.